0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Joining me today is um, one of my ex-students, saw him play a lot of basketball at Golden Valley High School. Uh, he went on to play in college professionally. And now Taylor Statham is back in the Santa Clarita Valley with the Statham Basketball Academy for, for young kids, high school age kids. And Taylor, thanks for taking the time to, to come to my house and, and talk basketball with me.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. You got a little extra time uh, these next few weeks. so Yeah, well, we all,
0: we've all got a little bit too much extra time. But your, your high school career, uh, you've been out of high school. Has it been 10 years yet?
1: Man, Yeah, it is. This year is 10 years, 2010.
0: Wow. So you are you are officially almost 30, almost old. Oh, man, don't remind me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your high school career, we met at Golden Valley, but you started at heart. What brought you over to Golden Valley?
1: Uh, so my 10th grade year, I was kicked off the team unfairly. Uh, the coach didn't, didn't like my dad. Uh, so he ended up kicking me off midway through and then i ended up transferring to
0: to golden valley. And what did you learn from that though? Um somebody said to me years ago there are always three sides to the story, my side, their side and the truth. Yeah. But what i mean what what went into that cuz i've known you for 12 years, you're a great kid and well now a great adult. Um but what did you learn from that experience?
1: Uh i mean it taught me a lot. Um felt like that was really a make or break year for me. Just going through a situation that, you know, you you feel like you're doing all the right things, getting to the gym early, outworking players. You're much better than players. You show it in the game when you get a chance. Because there's even opportunities where I would get in a game with like two minutes left. And there's one game that really sticks out. In a one-minute span, I had 12 points. And he pulled me out with like 36 seconds left. You know, so I played like a minute 30-something and then – um, once I started doing good, he pulled me out, you know? And that's kind of where kind of all hell broke loose between him and my dad.
0: Most people don't score 12 points in an entire game, but you did it in a minute.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it was JV. We were playing. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But uh yeah, long story short, I, I feel like it just really exposes you to who you're becoming, especially at a, such a young age. I could have very easily quit basketball, you know? And then the next year, I was deemed ineligible because of that transfer. Um, And it's not like it is now where you sit out a month. You know, I had to sit out the whole year and play JV. So that was embarrassing in itself. And, you know, just fighting through that um, and using all that pain and kind of putting it towards basketball kind of turned me into what I am now.
0: And then you come to Golden Valley and it's it's a pretty successful program at that point in time run by Chris Prince and, and a lot of really, really good players on those teams. What did you learn from that? Or how difficult was it for you to come into a new program and adjust?
1: Um, I, I think it was very difficult uh, just being a, a new face. And then especially once I was ineligible because uh, I was I was on varsity. And then, you know, just moving to JV and now not being a priority. And then those guys winning the first Foothill League title without me. And then I get moved up for playoffs. But it's like, you know, Prince kind of had a tough job. Like, where do I put them in you know I can't just kind of throw them in there so I mean all of it was just really motivation to continue to work hard and and make it so a situation like that never occurs you know
0: did it change the way you went about things
1: yeah definitely uh 100% I feel like with all of that going on you really have to like dig down deep inside of you and you know every day after practice you know I would pull out my basketball goal, I'd go out there and shoot, you know, until it was dark, until my neighbors would, like, be yelling at me, um, you know, I would just lift weights, and I would just think about that all the time, because, it, you know, i heard so much basketball was my whole life at the time, and then just the uncertainty of not knowing what's next, um, I just wanted to turn myself into a, a player who's just, you know, unstoppable.
0: And and that work ethic then carries you over and and makes you into it makes us all into the people that we are today. Um so you go to college, you go to Cal Baptist, and I, I read an article and I still use this today in my class when we talk about health, is your cancer. And and when I read this and I tell kids that a a young person what happened to you they're floored by it i'm sure you remember it like it was yesterday
1: yeah um you know i was away at prep school actually so i was in phoenix arizona you know i had a really good senior year i was first team all foothill league you know uh made it to the daily news all-star game la times also pretty much everything um but by the time you know teams started to figure out who i was and started recruiting me it was Mm -hmm. late late Mm -hmm. in the recruiting process um so Pepperdine and a few other schools told me to go to prep school. So I went to the fifth-ranked prep school in the nation, you know, and it was kind of like the same same kind of story, dialogue, uh, where I started at the bottom, you know, the first two weeks. I, I tell people, like, the first week, um, every single day we play at Open Gym. So we're just playing five-on-five, five and I scored, like, one basket the whole entire week. You know, and this is, like, a guy who's, like, first-team all-foothill league. You know, everybody at your school is telling you, oh, you're so great, you're so right. great. And then you go to this national stage, a completely different level, and these guys are being looked at by NBA teams already. You know they have high major D one offers, and you know just adjusting to that level. Um, so yeah, so fast forward a few months, you know I, I ended up being the captain of the first team, and we're winning all these games. We have a national schedule, and then I take a charge, and something didn't feel right. You know I was in a lot of pain, and then I finally go to the doctor, and they tell me that I have cancer. Um, so yeah, just going through that. And then, you know, I had to come home, have surgery. I tried to go back and play. They told me my tests were like a little shaky, my hormones. So I had to come back and do chemotherapy for months. So I ended up losing, uh, well over like 20 scholarships, um, you know, and then again, it just like really shows you who you are.
0: And how did you react to obviously get devastating, but what doesn't kill us makes us stronger? They say. How did that mold you into a, a a more tireless worker, a harder worker, and teach you how to deal with adversity?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think especially during chemotherapy, like, you know, it was such a trying time in my life for six to eight hours a day, I'm hooked up to an IV, right? And, you know, I, I'm just feeling sick all the time, I can't eat, I lost 30 pounds, I lost all my hair, all my scholarships. So at that point, it was just like, you know, the only thing keeping me going was like my family. And then, you know, I'd sit there and watch basketball and and just think like, man, I, I just want to play. I want to come back from this. And then, you know, once I got back in the gym, it's just working tires, like tire,
0: tirelessly, tirelessly, <laughs> sorry, it's early.
1: Um, yeah. And just like being relentless and not taking no for an answer and just like basketball is all I wanted to do. So I was going to figure out a way, you know, it was, yeah. it was almost like a sense of stubbornness and, uh, yeah, I feel like that's what, what really drove me.
0: What Now, what did you take today, obviously many years later, what do you take away from that whole experience?
1: I think it just translates. like, obviously basketball is a mirror for life. And this is what I tell a lot of kids. Um, and I just feel like all the lessons you learn through basketball and how to deal with hardships, how to deal with adversity, how to deal with people you don't like, you know what I'm saying? How, how to deal with a coach who's a grown man who has a family and, you know, you're a kid and, like, how to present yourself as a man to him and you know just how to grow and become better and i all of it you know all of it translates to life um and i feel like you know these hard times in life are really what may make you who you are
0: and do our kids responsive to that because i know that within the academy and we'll get to the the work you do at the academy they're all different ages yeah. and and i'm sure that you don't look at a seven-year-old kid and say hey johnny your life's going to have a rough patch and here's my story. But, but for the older kids, does it resonate with them?
1: Yeah. Oh, it definitely does. Um, you know, I, I feel like I don't ever talk about this unless I need to, because for so long, like, you know, when I first went to college and I made it and I, you know, received a scholarship, that's a pretty big story. So, you know, I was on the cover of Yahoo. I was on ESPN, but it just became this thing where everybody kept asking me questions about it. And I didn't want that to be the only thing I was known for, you know? So I stopped talking about it for a really long time. Um, But now that I'm older and I have this academy, you know, I work with high school players, college players, you know, and pros. And then I also have a travel ball team with the younger players, but mostly it's like players transitioning into college, transitioning into pro. Um, And yeah, I feel like, everything I went through helps me become such a better coach, you know, cause I see it from different angles. I've been the star player, you know, I've been a role player. I've been the guy who just can't get a break, you know? So it just helps me relate to the players because a lot of them go through adversities. Um, you know, most coaches who haven't haven't played and pushed through these things that I pushed through can't really relate to them. You know, they have, they have external things in their life that they can't control. And it's just teaching them how to take Everything in their life, and use it as motivation. Use it as fuel. I think that's what you know really helps me get it, to them.
0: It's a perspective thing, and a lot of times, and and I obviously I've been around a long time, but now when you work with people that think, "Oh, this is a bad patch in my life," it's like, "Son, you you broke up with your girlfriend of three months. It's okay. I've I battled through this, and I battled through that, and and then they kind of see the the whole perspective thing." Yeah. That first breakup is always the hardest thing. Yeah, yeah, it always is. Yeah, it always is. Yeah. Um, so then you play at Cal Baptist, then you go to San Bernardino. Um college career, what do you take away from the college career? What was different about high school and college, besides boy, every everybody at this level is pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um I feel like just finding finding where you can dominate, you know, just just being very dominant in your role. because you Go to college, like especially in my school. I was at a, one of the top ranked D2s, and my, my junior year we played eight D1s and were seven and one, so we were pretty good. And my whole team was D1 bounce backs. Um, so for me, it was just every year it was kind of like a new batch of players. I was there for three years, and I was the only one that was there for those three years all the way through. So it was just for me, it was being a consistent leader, you know, always being that guy doing things right kind of, um, you know, creating that culture and then every year just pushing that. And I feel like every year there were so many great players that came through. So there was so many things to add to my game that they do, you know, and I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like just taking from the players around you and then, um, you know, just the difference between high school and college is really just decision-making. You know, you go from being able to think the game. Now the game is so sped up; guys are so long and athletic that everything has to be instinct.
0: And and being able to see the game and anticipate, you see a lot of guys at the high school level, and just because they're a little bit bigger than everybody, they can dominate. But boy, when you get to that college level, everybody's six eight. Everybody can jump out of the gym. Everybody's long. Every you're just another dude. Yeah. And and I think that's and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about kids in the delusional you know thing that they have so then you pro career um playing in the philippines yeah how awesome is it to just continue to play basketball and to play professionally
1: yeah i mean i'm extremely blessed even to make it to college like i still look back sometimes especially like you know just talking to you and telling the story is like man how did i do that you know and i think just taking it one day at a time um and just being the best version of myself you know is what really got me here. But I mean, I just came back from Indonesia and, you know, we had to cut the season short because the coronavirus, but when I left, like, it was just crazy to see all the fans, how sad they were, because they made me this video on Instagram and posted it. Um, like, this is, not, this is not goodbye, this is see you later. And it was just like this video, little videos I didn't even notice, they took throughout the year of me, like, talking to people, me signing autographs, me playing in games, you know, hanging out with the guys. And I mean, it was almost like a like i died or something you know right. it was like <laughs> yeah. it was really sad but it was, it was really cool to see because so many fans like like hundreds and hundreds of fans messaged me and were posting it on their instagram and stuff so i mean i feel like just being able to be in this in this position is just it's amazing
0: and the impact you have on people you don't realize it people think you know the nba but there is so much basketball being played worldwide and it it is such a global game right now what's the difference in a country like indonesia the philippines or everywhere else you played and here
1: um as far as what
0: well the the, the fanaticism of people it's it's oh, yeah. crazy all over the world now maybe you know lebron james the talent level isn't there but there's some pretty good ball players spread throughout the world
1: yeah definitely i mean it just depends on like i've played in 12 countries now and i i've helped guys you know get all over the world. I've helped over 30 guys sign contracts overseas. Um, So I've kind of seen like every, every single level of basketball. And it's just amazing because each level is different and each country is so different. You could be playing a top league in Europe and there's no fans at all, you know, but you're playing in a top league. And if you do well, you move on to the Euro cup or Euro league. And now all of a sudden you're playing in front of 20,000, fans jumping up and down throwing cigarette buds on you you know all that craziness but like i i played a majority of my career in asia and you know asia is just amazing um you know you don't get fans the fans they have out there they're not like that in the states people are like too prideful you know out there they are really like die hard fans they'll be screaming their lungs out wearing your jersey like begging you like for autographs i mean it's just it's insane And this year in Indonesia, like, even if you look at, like, my highlights on YouTube, you'll see just how packed the games were.
0: And how much fun is that to play in front of just a group of people, whether they're throwing stuff at you or whether they're cheering for you? That's just got to be, you know, just a heck of a lot of fun.
1: Oh, man, it's amazing. I mean, this is what we, like, dream of as as kids. Every athlete dreams of, you know, playing at a professional level and, and thousands of people will scream your name or thousands of people booing you and cussing you out, you know? And, <laughs> and it's just, it's so cool. Cause when I went through all these adversities, you know, n- like I felt like nobody believed in me, you know, obviously my parents, but that's your parents. But I felt like so many people were just like almost against me, you know? And you know how kids are, you know, they, they talk smack and stuff. Right, right. So, so at that age, you're like worried about what they're saying and stuff, but, but when I would go in my backyard and I would just think about playing, I would just think about all the screaming fans. And I would think about all these people bullying me and, and hating me and then just hitting a big shot and, you know, being able to shush the crowd or yeah. something, you know. Uh, hey, I beat <laughs> cancer. You
0: can throw all the cigarette butts at me you want, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. There's nothing that can
1: beat me, you know, if
0: I've been through that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Right, I'm going to take a break here, read some ads. Uh, the only thing – What's up? Super excited about the new sponsor for our show. Style is changing. Formal wear is out, and the T-shirt is in. True Classic Tees are my favorite. It's based in L.A., a T-shirt company on the rise. Now, me, personally, I don't wear a lot of collared shirts or anything. I'm a T-shirt guy. These shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash. They're versatile. Wear them out. Wear them to work out. Wear them around the house. And the best part is they're incredibly cheap, $15. And now you can get them for even less Go to the trueclassictease.com and use the code at checkout B-L-E-A-V for 20% off. That's B-L-E-A-V at trueclassictease.com. And while you're waiting this out at home with us, you still have some fun at betonline.com. No March Madness, that sucks. But betonline.com still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. In sports, they're not totally done. There's MMA. There's American Idol, I guess you can bet on who's going to win that. The elections, the National Spelling Bee, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, I'll go with Joey Chestnut again. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.com and use the promo code MYPOD, M-Y-P-O-D 100, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right. For my listeners, 50% off with your promo code MYPOD100. Joining me, Taylor Statham. Taylor, uh, you come back to the United States, and you're still playing overseas. You start the Statham Basketball Academy. How did that come to be?
1: Uh, So right before my senior year in college at Cal State San Bernardino, I broke my foot. Um, Well, I broke it toward the end of the season, and then I just kept playing on it. But, um, once it was broken, I was in a cast, I came back home and, you know, my brother is an up and coming high school player. Um, and I knew like a lot of kids in the area and I just wanted to help them. So, you know, I started working them out, kind of watching film, you know, teaching them the game. And I mean, I just really loved it. Um, and it just kind of gave me like this whole new perspective. And so, you know, I continued to do it like each and every year, um, when I would come back, you know, from being overseas and. I would just do everything I could to help. Because in our area, we're, we're majority like baseball, football. Right, you know, right. Being in Santa Clarita. And there's so many great talents every single year um, as far as basketball. And I'm not d- just talking about like at the Division One level. Like we have kids who could go D2, D3, NAI uh, to national JUCOs, you know, maybe like two years of development, go on to a big school and receive a scholarship and get a free degree. Um, so – You know, every year I kind of came home and just saw these batch of kids and whether it was like, you know, their high school coach didn't know how to help them or the people, you know, working with them didn't really have connections. You know, I knew a lot of coaches and even if I didn't, you know, I just called them up like, hey, you know, I'm Taylor Statham. I play pro. I have this kid in my area who's really good and you should take a look at. I I played you a couple years ago at Cal State San Bernardino. You know, know, most of the time they would remember me. Um, Because you
0: dropped 30 on them. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I wasn't
1: that good. You know, I probably had like 14 and eight. But uh yeah, so I you know, it just started with me wanting to help kids and and use my time to to really get back and then it just kind of flourished and each and every year it just became bigger and bigger and you know, I started throwing events. Like I remember I came back um what was it? Came back after Thailand. The first time I played in Thailand, like my my second year playing overseas and I put up all my money like a a bunch of money and uh through this huge showcase free for for the top players in our area and surrounding areas and then you know i had somebody film it from different angles and took all the film and sent it to colleges um you know so every time i would come back i would just try to throw these big events and give more exposure to santa clarita and then as well as you know help develop these kids because yeah you may do well here in santa clarita with Nothing but six-two white kids guarding. Right. Yeah. You know, but that's not going to translate to those levels that you want to play, and that's why so many times you see great players and they'll score two thousand points in their high school career, but you watch their game from a professional standpoint, and their game doesn't really translate to that next level quite yet.
0: It's very limited, and and I see a lot of basketball out here, and and I don't mean to disparage the work that kids put in, but so many kids are like, yeah, I'm going D one, I'm going to the NBA, and then. You know, you you watch the Masters University, NAIa, not a high level, but boy, there's a lot of talent over there. Even go to C O C and and you look at these guys and you look at kids in high school and you think, son, you're five eight. Your parents are five eight and five eight and a half. Not thinking six eights in your future, you know. So how do you deal with? I don't want to say disillusional people, but people they've got that have these grand dreams. How do you kind of reel that in and say, Mike Shashevsky's not calling, but there is a school that you can go to?
1: Yeah, I I think that's the hardest part. Um, I, well, I feel like the hardest part is getting, getting the kids um, engaged and to actually listen to me. Because I feel like, you know, there's me being gone for so long. Like, I'll, I'll be gone five, six months at a time. And I'll come back and, you know, kids have like a short-term memory, especially with Instagram and all oh, these yeah. things, yeah. you know showing them something for 10 seconds and they move on to the next thing. So, you know, I'll come back in town and, and reach out to kids like, Hey man, like I, I really like your game. Like we should work together. I see like certain things that you could really use at the next level. And then I, I also have connections that could help you get here. And, you know, so many times these kids have other coaches or other people in their ear and they're not going to get them to that level. And these kids don't understand just the opportunity that I can present to them, you know? And I feel like for me, that's the most frustrating part because I'll tell kids like, Hey, like let's work out and stuff, you know, and they'll just find a million excuses. And they just feel so entitled because man, I was a high school star. Everybody in my school was posting my Instagram video that I'm going to the league and, you know, I'm, I'm this, that, and the other. And, but it's like, man, it's May. Where, where are all your offers? You know, there's a reason you don't have these scholarships. You know, there's a reason you're having to go to prep school. Even me, like, there's a reason from my senior year to my uh, college days. Like, I had to go to prep school. Like looking back, like f- physically, I was not ready at all to go to any school. Um, so just getting these kids, um, I feel like once I get them in the gym and they kind of see how we work, and then I have them work with other college players, they they see the difference. And then that's when we can sit down and create a development program and things of that nature to really help them reach those goals and get to that next level. But I think the first step is just, like you said, it's just them, you know, really being, it's not delusional. It's almost like you don't know what you don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you, with everybody pulling for kids and attention and the, and the travel ball coaches, because, you know, for me, a lot of that, it's a money thing. These guys are, it's their business. How do you compete with all of these people pulling these kids in multiple different ways?
1: Um, I mean, I feel like the work just speaks for itself. Me, I, of course, I want to help every single kid. But over the, the last few years, I've learned like whether I, you know, a kid is either going to want the help or is not. You know, yeah. they can figure it out for themselves. They're old enough to see like who's getting people where, who's turning players into what, you know. And I think my first few years out, it was like, I was getting so frustrated, like, man, like I'm sacrificing, I'm turning these offers down overseas to stay home for a little bit, just so I could help players like you. And you're not even accepting the help. And I think for me, that was the most frustrating part. And now it's to a point where I have so many players, you know, I can't help everybody, but let me focus on the guys who are here. Even if they're not good enough, let's get them to a level where they can continue to play and then and whether it's at a
0: high school level or not or whether it's a, a D2 a D3 or an NAIA or even a JUCO yeah. if you everybody's goal is to keep playing until they can't anymore and and everybody wants to do that and sometimes we got to say you know what maybe not this level but I can keep playing at that level yeah. and and I think everybody just wants to keep playing the game
1: yeah and and also like another thing is is most people don't even recognize um if your parents are like born in another country, you know, like let's say your parents are from the Philippines, right? Now you can get a dual citizenship as a Filipino, right? Now you can play in that country as a local. When when you have professional teams in all these different countries, Europe, Africa, it doesn't matter, South America, you have a team full of guys, 12 guys, only two are Americans. The rest are local players. So now, even if you have a solid career, you know, you go to an NAI, you go to a D2, there's so many opportunities if you can get dual citizenship, and people don't know that, and then people don't have connections to get you in the right, you know, situations, like, right now, I'm talking to probably, like, six or seven different national teams about players I have within my program right now, whether it's, you know, in Colombia, whether it's in Sweden, I got a a couple kids who are Korean, you know, and I'm already talking to their national team coaches, like, hey, keep a lookout for this kid, like, you know, and they have workouts like this upcoming summer to hopefully be on that national Olympic team.
0: You know, I talked to Maverick Misi about that. He comes back from the Philippines. He's been playing there for many years. And we had this conversation. He said, yeah, because my mother is Filipino, they can use me as not an American, but as one of those dual citizenship things. And and boy, it's worked out for him. He's been playing down there for yeah well, I want to say like ten years
1: yeah and it just opens it just opens up so much opportunity like he's played there six years and they treat him like a god. oh he you know, said it's, it's awesome. awesome it's a, it's amazing. um and he's a guy who he played at a big school university of Minnesota. He's a great player, but they were heavy, heavy in guards when he was playing yeah so he's a guy who averaged like five points a game. but being at that d one for four years put him so far ahead of you know local players in the Philippines that, now when he goes out there he has so much opportunity yeah. you know
0: um what is it that you want to teach kids in the academy because when i when i watch basketball i see a lot of one on everybody the mid-range jump shot is is gone it's it's either dunks or threes and fundamentally i i in my opinion you're around it a lot more than i am fundamentally i think the game is kind of not real fundamental anymore what do you do about those things in the academy how do you start with kids
1: um you know it just depends on their age (laughs) on their level um there's not like a certain blueprint like a lot of people try to do the same thing with every kid every kid is so much different you need to break him down as an individual you know athletically his fundamentals just everything about him his mental state everything um Man, I just lost my nose.
0: <laughs> but just what do you do with the kids with you know beginning kids, kids that are at a higher level, kids that uh, you know, break them down fundamentally. well we we just try to we try to
1: teach them how to play basketball the right way. you know, in today's game, so many times, if you're a tall kid, you get thrown down into the post and you know we just want to teach them to play positionless basketball. Um, that's one. Secondly, we want to teach them, no matter what they do in life, how far they take basketball, to outwork everybody. Um, You know, just having that mindset, that relentless mindset of, okay, every time I'm in practice, my energy is contagious. No matter if I'm the first guy or the last guy, I can lead. Um, And I think that's so important, not only for our team, but once they go out in life, you know, whether they're a salesman, whether, you know, they're a judge, a lawyer, whatever they are in life, I feel like those qualities as a person are going to, you know, spill over.
0: Well, it's that work ethic that, that you have to take with you that when people say sports is a microcosm of life, if I've got a good work ethic on the basketball floor, the, the ice rink, the football field, the lacrosse, whatever it is, that's going to carry me mm-hmm. so much further because I know what it's like to grind and I know what it's like to work hard.
1: Definitely. And then I think lastly, you know, the most important thing is – um teaching them to be a good person and teaching them to have morals. And no matter the situation, always do what's right, you know, and stand up for yourself. Don't be afraid to speak up, um, you know, not in a disrespectful way, but always, you know, keep a line. Of, Cause I feel like young kids are so afraid to have combos with adults, you know, and me being a coach and, you know, especially for creators like my partner, Travis, he's 30, us being a little bit younger, you know, teaching them that it's okay to have that line of communication. You know, as a leader on the floor, you need to be a coach on the floor. You know, you need to be able to have conversations with your coach and figure things out, you know. You can't
0: have your mom go to the coach like they did the teacher. Be a man, be a woman, step up. I got a problem with you, coach. Hey, coach, I, you know, can we talk about this? And I think you're right. Kids don't do that anymore. No,
1: definitely. And, I and, man, that whole uh, hovering parent ah. thing is just like a whole nother thing. Another combo. All
0: right. Charity work. You you have done a lot of charity work, and, and you've been kind enough to ask me to go MC some of those things, and I got to tell you, man, I have such a good time with that, whether it was that all-star game you had down at the YMCA or at the Boys and Girls Club or for the Saugus community after the shooting um, this past year. Why is it so important for you to give back?
1: Well, when I – appreciate you always you know being available to us and i mean people just love like when you're emceeing they you know they they're just so much more engaged so it's fun and i yeah, still
0: i it. still when, when you gave me the bios for all the guys at the last one a, a youtube influencer i, I still don't oh, know what media. that i don't i i don't get that but be that as it may it's i guess it's a job now but i why it, it is important to you and it's something you hold dear and close to your heart
1: yeah i mean i I just feel like the position, the position I put myself in in life, um, especially being out here in Santa Clarita, you know, nobody else has played in 12 countries. You know, Maverick is the only other guy who's played longer than five years professionally. So I feel like a lot of kids really look up to me, especially being a coach and being all these other things I'm trying to be. Um, so for me, it's just setting a good example and just, just doing what's right, you know? I feel like people a lot of the times they get so caught up in oh yeah I'm a coach and then they just get stuck in their ways and do the same old thing. I try to just bring out as much as I can and just expose these kids to, you know, things I didn't have as a kid. Like I never saw a college player work out. I never saw a pro player play. You know, so I wanted I want from the time kids are little to see that. And that's all they're around is like Oh, okay. He went D1. He went D1. And so now when you're 13, 14, 15, that's all, you know, you know, that that's instilled in your work ethic now, now that those things are options in your life. And, uh, I just think that's so important. And then obviously, you know, throwing the Saugus, um, all-star game, I feel like it just hit really hit our community. Yeah. And, um, I just wanted to do something, you know, I could, I could see how the kids were really shaken up and, you know, it's just a great way to raise money and kind of bring everybody together and give them something to, you know, look forward to, especially right before the kids went back to school. And, and
0: what's next on the horizon for you as far as, you know, charity stuff, community stuff? Um, because right now, coronavirus going on, we're all cooped up in our homes. Nobody's going out except to, you know, buy toilet paper. But what's next for you in the academy?
1: The next thing for uh, stadium Academy, well, everything's been put on hold right yeah. now. Everything. Uh, I mean, I had, I had everything scheduled out for events. Um, you know, I want to throw another three X three event out here and then, you know, hopefully I'm moving one to the Valley. I've already had a few schools reach out to me after the first one we had. Um, you know, I wanted to do a couple things with a couple of the top, you know, the top players out here and just kind of put them in front of the right people. Um, and the right coaches and have them work out with them just, you know, just to give them more eyes and more guys to help them. And then also give them, Hey, another, like, you know,
0: um, Avenue to find something. Yeah. just,
1: Just highly, you know, highly respected coach to be in their ear. Like, Hey, this is what you need to work on, you know? And trust me, like I've worked with James Harden, I've worked with these guys. So, you know, you've If you've
0: worked with James Harden and a coach is telling you, I worked with James Harden, you need to work on this. You kind of <laughs> got to take him seriously. Yeah, definitely.
1: But, uh, yeah, you know, I just have like a, a couple youth programs and things I want to put in place, especially because, you know, I'm going to be out here a little bit longer than usual. I, I have uh, – my first board is due in August.
0: Uh, well, I didn't know that. Well, congratulations, boy or girl.
1: I don't know. You know we're having a gender reveal next month. So.
0: Okay, so you're going to do one of those – things that I I still don't understand why, you know,
1: it's up to Kareem. I don't know. Okay. She controls all that. Give me
0: the names boy. Uh, I'm not allowed to. Okay. I might get in trouble with. Okay. Well then I, I I will not (laughs) press you any further on that, but, but congratulations. That's, that's awesome. So I will, I'll go out and buy a little basketball for him or her. Yeah. (laughs) I that's I I think it's great. I love the fact that you're doing charity stuff. How can people find out about the academy? Where can they go?
1: Oh yeah. So um, if you want to, you know, bring a ball player to the academy, or you know, you just want to help with events, or just be involved, or around basketball. I even have like this summer. You know, as long as this this virus gets situated soon, um, I have opportunities for interns okay. just because I have so many so many players now and. So many pro guys coming into town. Um, You can find everything on StathamAcademy.com.
0: S-T-A-T-H-A-M?
1: Yep, academy.com. And then you can email me at taylorstatum at ymail.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter now. Twitter's like really hard though.
0: You know, you know look, a 55 year old guy figured it out. Like I post these things on Twitter. Yeah. I figured it out. But if, if I don't understand it, I give it to a kid in one of my classes and say, figure this out because I'm clueless. And and it's something that even my generation has has learned. Like right now we're doing online learning for all the kids in the school district, yeah. which is to me is crazy. But sure. it is what it is. Learning. We adapt. We adapt. But Definitely. that's great. Um. Last thing before I let you go, I want to ask you five just off-the-wall questions.
1: Okay. Most points
0: you ever scored in a game?
1: Uh, Professional or just like any game?
0: Let's go professional.
1: Professional, 57. In like an adult league, I think I had like 82 one time.
0: 82 in an adult league. Were you playing against guys like me?
1: No, no, no. They were actually like athletic guys who've played basketball. I'm (laughs) semi-athletic.
0: Um. Player you copied the most when you were in your driveway as a kid? Dude,
1: oh, man, that's tough. Uh, Kobe. Definitely Kobe. Okay. I mean, all the – I grew up on Kobe. You know, yeah. When they were winning all the championships yeah. is really when I started playing ball.
0: Favorite sport to play other than basketball? Football.
1: I, uh, eighth grade. My dad will tell you, too. I know everybody says this, but I was, I was a quarterback, and I was so much better at football than basketball at the time.
0: Why didn't you stay with football? I just
1: loved basketball and I grew up on it. And watching my dad, I just wanted to, you know, emulate him.
0: All right. Uh, favorite costume that you dressed up when you were a kid for Halloween?
1: Oh, and plus, Golden Valley had no offensive line when I went right there. So I was yeah. going to take those <laughs> Favorite costume uh, for Halloween? Superman. I was Superman like five years. Five, five years, years in a row. <laughs> five years. Like five out of seven, probably.
0: And you probably already answered this, but the coolest thing about playing professional basketball.
1: Man, just uh, there's so much. I, I think just the fans. I think just like just playing in front of those crowds, like whether they love you or they hate you. I mean, it's just it's all the same.
0: It's it's, it's fun to shut people up, right? It's so much fun. Yeah, but it's also fun to have them cheering for you. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know what? I you got my number. I got your number. Anything you need from me to help out with the academy? Any charity things? You know, the, the the games that you do, it's, it's just so much fun doing that. And I want to thank you for taking the time. Um, you know, we're all cooped up. Um, but thanks for taking the time to drive all the way over here and and, uh, and get this done with me.
1: Appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, stay healthy. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, if you like the show, please subscribe. Um, if you want to email me, tonymoskell at gmail.com or at, on Twitter at tonymoskell. You got any suggestions or ideas for the show? Please hit me up. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Until the next time, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.